0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the True Wealth
1: Podcast, where we discuss the well being of a Christian business owner and the different facets of growing a business, all from a Christian perspective. Welcome to the True Wealth Podcast. I am your host, Shewa Me. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be talking about maximizing your charitable efforts using donor advice fund. Many Canadians do not know what that is, and uh, most people are familiar with giving directly to charity or even establishing a private foundation for those who have the um, net worth to do that. But there is a third category, which is donor advice fund. And for this show, I have invited Lauren Jackson from Canadian National Christian Foundation to talk us talk to us a little bit more about what's a donor advice fund. And um, Lauren, thank you for joining us today.
0: Well, thank you, Stian, mean, And good to be uh, on your show today.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, the Canadian National Christian Foundation.
0: Well, I was in the business world and the for-profit world. I was a broker-dealer in the financial planning world uh, for a lot of years and then sold that company, left there in 2002, and I started the Canadian National Christian Foundation. And have continued to serve as a volunteer president to that organization ever since. So uh, I've been uh, been there a long time, <laughs> okay. and That's and enjoying it, give or take. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, um, tell us about donor advice funds. What 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 really what that what is that really?
0: Well, great question. You you mentioned at the outset of the show that uh, about you mentioned the word private foundations. Well, so there's really private foundations. I guess there's three ways you could give. You could give directly to the charity, or you could use one of two foundation methods. And uh, uh, Canadian National Christian Foundation is a public foundation, and there are some donors who use a private foundation. Uh, they're pretty much the same in that the things that they can do. Are very similar. I would say, uh, yeah, pretty much all the same. Uh, I would say the major difference that I see between a private and a public foundation, and this is going to sound weird, but a private foundation is very public, and a public foundation is very private. and <laughs> And what I mean, what I mean by that is, if you're if you're giving your money through a public foundation. You could do it anonymously, and nobody would know where it's coming from. But uh, with a private foundation, everybody knows who gave that money and where it came from and how much it was, because you can go on Canada Revenue Agency website and find out, uh, which is open to the public. But I would just describe a foundation as a conduit to flow money between the donor and the charity. So why would you want to flow money between the donor and the charity through a foundation? Simply uh, because you may want more flexibility. You may want to be a little more efficient with your giving because you can give it at certain times where it may be more efficient for you to give. uh, But maybe it's not efficient to give it to the charity at that time. So there's all kinds of reasons why a person might choose a foundation. And as I say, a public foundation is simply that because the money in there is is funded there by many different uh, donors, where a private foundation would be funded only by the donor that set the private foundation up. Uh, So that's just kind of a high level view. Okay, so if if
1: I'm interpreting this correctly, with a private foundation, it's often set up by an individual or a business And in which case, they use this foundation to flow money through the charities they want to. And because the private foundation is a specific donor, it's easier for the recipients to know
0: where that money is coming from. Yes, and it's also easier for the public. So, for example, let me give you an example on that. If you had a private foundation and you're giving to help the poor, and maybe I'm running a charity that helps the poor, uh, in some in some city somewhere, I could go on Canada Revenue Agency's website and see who are all the, the donors that give to help the poor. I could see that you're one of them. Now I come knocking on your door asking you to help fund the work that I do as well. So uh, there's no privacy to that at all. Whereas had had you used a public foundation, I would not be able to know that. I would not know where that came from because it would just come from in our case, Canadian National Christian Foundation, or as we call it, CNCF. And uh, it would show that CNCF gave this money, but CNCF has hundreds of donors, so you wouldn't know which one it came from.
1: Ah, now that makes sense. So um, for those who want to give anonymously, for those who um, they just want to give from their heart based on wherever God is moving them, Uh, you often would advise that to use a public foundation rather than setting up their own private foundation, right? Correct. Because their own private foundation, uh, one, the recipient can see it's coming from this foundation and it's easier to trace, okay, who's behind this foundation? And um, they can go And Also recipients who work for the different charities can then begin to solicit, I guess, um, from your from that private foundation, because whoever's behind the found the foundation is is um, we can see who that is. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So, so you also mentioned the words donor advised fund. Uh, so let me just go go to that one for a moment. So a uh, a public foundation like CNCF would have donor-advised funds. So the donor puts the money in. So it's kind of like opening a charitable giving account. If you were to go to the bank and open up a bank account, you fill out a few paperwork with your name and address, et cetera, and then you deposit money into it. Well, we're pretty much the same in that people fill out a a sheet of paper and say, I want to donate money into a donor-advised fund. So you now opened up an account, and now you can give that out to any charity you want, whenever you want, and the amount you want. Uh, But the key is the donor gets the charitable receipt for charitable purposes right up front. So, for example, you might want, um, let's see, maybe in, uh, well, here's let me give you an example. We had a gentleman who sold his business. And he called me up and he said, uh, I've sold my business. I have to give away a large chunk of money before the end of the year. Uh, It was over a million dollars. He said, but I don't know who to give that to yet. I haven't decided what charities I'm going to give that to. I need some time. So, But I do need a tax receipt this year. It was October when he called me. So he said, if I give you this money now, can you give me a tax receipt before the year end? I said, yes, we can. And then he said, okay, so if I give you this money now, then I don't have to give it out before the end of the year. That is correct. You do not. And and he actually put the money in, got a receipt that year, and then he gave it out over the next three years. So it gave him time to choose the charities he wanted to give to and the amounts he wanted to give, and yet have his tax problem solved in the year in which he sold his business. Okay, so it's
1: it's 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 a very good strategic planning tool where we all know that donations um by donations are one of the means that we can use to lower um the, the the taxes we would pay so in his case here he sold a business so i'm assuming he probably had capital gains and he was probably he had probably used up his left life, um, lifetime capital gains exemption, and donations was another means or at least part of the strategy to help lower his uh, his tax hit but he didn't know uh what where he wanted to give to at the moment but he needed to do that because of the time sensitivity right and did that today get the receipts for this year and then he can then distribute the funds uh further down the road that's correct and that's what he did so when you liken it to opening up bank accounts or opening just uh, opening an investment account, so when this money sits in this donor-advised fund, does it have the ability to grow? Like, how do you, or is it just almost like the typical bank savings accounts?
0: Yeah, so it does have the opportunity to grow, and we do work with uh, about 70% of the funds that CNCF has are managed by financial advisors that are the independent financial advisor of the donor. So if you brought a donor to us, you could then then literally manage the money on CNCF's behalf now, because really what happens, so let's suppose that a donor comes to you and says, look, I've got... Uh, I got fifty thousand dollars in an account that I don't really need. Well, here I'll give you another example. This couple came to me one day and they said, uh, "We have two hundred thousand dollars in an account that's in, invested uh, in some stocks, and it was actually a uh, it was actually a balanced fund type of arrangement they had set up. And they said uh, we would like to donate that. <clears throat> pardon me to the foundation. And uh, can we do that? And then." Who's going to manage that investment from there forward? Could we have our own financial advisor who now has the money? Yes, you can. So all that happens in that case is they donate the, that fund to CNCF. We fill out, the advisor fills out some paperwork to transfer the ownership of that to CNCF. Uh, now that same advisor is now managing the 200000 but on behalf of the foundation. And the, the donor got a charitable receipt for 200,000 so that money now grows in that fund and that money is also available for the donor to give out so as that it's been growing at about 6 7% uh, as it's been invested that 6 or 7% is also available to the donor to gift out to the charities they want to give to <sighs>
1: So ideally, a donor could decide, well, I I need to, I, I want to be able to get this charitable receipt today, um, but I don't want to give the money yet because one, I still want the money to grow so that it has a bigger impact down the road when I give it to the specific charity I want to, but it could also be used as a learning tool. Let's say um, a patriarch wants to begin to help his his kids or family members to learn um, the art of giving so he can essentially leave the funds in there, allow it to grow and then begin to involve family members towards the giving process as to, okay, which charities do you want to give to you? What's what's um, Where is God um, directing your heart to give and involve family members all the while this money is sitting and growing there? So it's, it sounds like yeah. it, it's, a, it's a tool that has multiple uses in terms of how you can apply it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and we have some we have a donor, a few donors actually who do that where they meet uh, at least quarterly with the family, and they decide how they want to give it out. We have another family that meets once a year because they do their corporate giving through the foundation, and they will meet once a year and decide here are the and in their case it's quite a large donation and they they fund about ninety charities and. Before they came to us, they used to write checks to 90 charities. The problem was, every year at tax time, they were always chasing charitable receipt because somehow they got lost. They didn't get them, whatever the, the issue was. But now, every year they give us the, the large donation. We give them one charitable receipt, and then they guide us as to who to give that to, the 90 charities that they want that sent out to. And we do that throughout the year and we don't need receipts. So therefore the receipt problem is solved and the donor has a lot less hassle and work. So that has worked very well for them. And as I say, they meet once a year and decide, okay, what charities are we going to support this year and to what amount? And they have their kids involved. So this is a great way uh, to get family involvement in the donate, in the donating. So in talking about, this is a big a good tool
1: for using to donate to multiple charities but not having to chase those tax receipts at the end of the year how does this like how would the donor advised work for a typical family because um the example you were talking about is a large donation but so let's say i guess my question here is is there a minimum to fund a donor advised fund
0: yeah so that's that's a good question. Yes, there is. It's not I mean, if you're just going to give uh, you know a couple thousand dollars a year to charity, you're better off to give it directly to the charity. The foundation really works best when you're working it for things like I've talked about already where somebody's selling a the business, they've sold a piece of real estate, or they maybe have a an investment plan somewhere that they've got a couple hundred thousand in that they don't need and they'd like to donate to charity, but they also would like a tax receipt uh, this year. So that's the kind, so there is a $50,000 minimum uh, if a donor wants to use the the fund and use his own financial advisor. Uh, 50,000 would be the minimum that you could do that with. So it's not there for 5,000 here or there, it's there for the person who has a bigger tax issue uh, because of some major event in this year, and therefore it may be a one-time thing. It may They may never have this issue again, but they can uh, very quickly, in the same day they have the problem, set up the, the donor-advised fund and uh, decide to give it out over the next 20 years or however long they want.
1: So one thing to, to note, out of just from, from this, is once they give the money, because they're getting the charitable tax receipt, that money is no longer available because for all intents and purposes, it's been given, even though it hasn't been disbursed to the charities yet, that money is no longer available for the donor,
0: correct? Correct. That's a very uh, good point because uh, when a person gets a charitable receipt, Canada Revenue Agency assumes that, okay, you got a receipt, so that's your benefit from it. You can't have any other benefit from that money. Now, you can advise the foundation as to who to give it to, but it has to be to help others, not to help yourself. So, for example, uh, I've had on occasion, I had one occasion where somebody wanted to donate money into a donor advised fund and then have us give it to the Christian school in their area to pay for their own child's education. I said, no, we cannot do that because that would contravene the the rules of Canada Revenue Agency that say you cannot benefit yourself from a donation or from a charitable donation. So you're right. The the money is put in there. You can't take it back out because you've got a charitable receipt and you can't use it for your own benefit to benefit you or your family, but you can use it to give the charitable causes that are registered charities in Canada. Right.
1: So one key word you mentioned is registered charities. So even if a donor donates these funds to the to the donor-advised fund, uh, there is still a criteria as to where the funds can be disbursed. It can only be disbursed to
0: registered charities, correct? Yes, that's correct. So uh, and let me just comment on that because we're the Canadian National Christian Foundation. So it doesn't have to be only Christian causes. So if somebody uses CNCF and they put their money into a donor advised fund, we can give it to any registered Canadian charity. So it has to be uh, a charity that's registered in Canada. It does not have to be Christian owned. It could be the Boys and Girls Club. It could be uh, any number. Of, it could be any number of places, schools, etc. But uh, let me just say that uh, if it, as long as it doesn't go against our statement of faith it's on our website at cncf.ca, uh, if it doesn't go against anything that uh, our statement of faith would say, then we could fund it. So we have given to universities and all kinds of things through the foundation because that's who the donor wanted to give to, and it wasn't necessarily Christian.
1: So you just brought up a point there that as a Christian foundation, which is actually my next question, as a Christian foundation, are there limitations to charities you will facilitate donations to? And from the sounds of it, um, the limitations would be only if they go against your statement of faith as a foundation.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. As a Christian foundation, if you were asking us to give it to some uh, well, let's see. I would. I'm trying to think what it might be, but it, it might be. Uh, it might be a some kind of uh, gang kind of thing that's uh, bad for the city. But they've got a registered charitable number. Uh, but we know that uh, they're not a good organization. Well, then we would not be. Uh, we would not be giving to that. Or it could even be. Uh, as a Christian organization, it could be to give to other, uh, what I would call non-Christian faiths. Uh, so if, if, if we've had, we have had somebody ask us one time uh, if we could give to the Baha'i faith, well oh, that's just an example. Uh, I have nothing against them, but no, we don't support what they do. So therefore, we, we informed this person up front that no, we would not be able to give to them. So therefore, they didn't open up a foundation with donor advised fund with us. They go somewhere else.
1: So, with your foundation, then, and which is a is, is a good topic to 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 dive into, uh, because it's a Christian um, foundation, you're you're guided by the the principles on which the foundation was set up. So, uh, causes that are on, I would say, maybe on biblical, let uh, us let's. Even, let's call a spade a spade, like the LGBTQ. Uh, LGBTQT, I never know how to pronounce that, the abortion clinics or things that are contrary to scripture that are also contrary to your, uh, the the foundation, That I guess the principles of the foundation you can refuse to give to those.
0: That is correct. And we would, we, we would need to know that from the donor up front. So we wouldn't even take the money uh, in the first place. But uh, yeah, if, if they came to us uh, or somehow or other got, uh, had their money in a DAF and wanted to give to one of those organizations, we would have to say no to that. Uh, we don't usually steer people as to who do they give to. Uh, I know that I often get asked that, especially by charities that we work with, will say, do you ever have a donor that says, you know, I want to give some money away this year? Do you have somebody that you would recommend? No, we never get, I've never been asked that in the 18 years I've been doing this. I've never been asked that. So it's, um, it's not something that's, that usually happens there. We're not having to guide them as to who to give to. The donors in a Christian foundation seem to already have their favorite charities they want to give to. Uh, it's just more about timing. And then what assets are they going to give? We, we do a lot of uh, public stock uh, gifts where somebody will give us a basket of stock that they've invested in. It has a big capital gain in it. And of course, uh, as a financial advisor, you'd know all about that one, but it's a huge benefit to a donor to give public stock uh, that has a gain in it because he doesn't ever have to claim the gain. And he ends up with this huge tax receipt that he can use against other income. So uh, we get that, we give real estate sometimes. I've been given real estate a few times where somebody will donate a piece of real estate, we'll sell the real estate over a period of months and turn it into cash. And then the donor is able to give that cash out, but they got a receipt for the real estate when they donated it. So there's all kinds of reasons that they would uh, choose to give it to the foundation. And then once that's turned into cash, uh, they tell us who to give it to as long as it fits within our guidelines.
1: So let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's a, a, a really key part and a really key benefit of a donor advice fund. So let's say I, as a client, I have um, a 300000 portfolio and that portfolio has grown to about, say, 450000 So there's about $150,000 in capital gains that I would have to pay and based on my marginal tax rate. That could be anywhere from $20,000 or more. Now, if I had to give that if I wanted to gift that money, typically, I would first have to sell that stock of that investment, realize the capital gains, be liable for the capital gains I have to pay, and then the difference is what I can now give. But the flip side of using a donor advised fund is that I'll be able to give the full 450 and get a uh, tax receipt for the full 450 rather than a tax receipt for the difference after my capital gains are taken off. Correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it, it works. It's pretty, it's pretty easy, uh, easy way to get a huge tax deduction or tax credit rather. But so maybe use you, you some different numbers maybe than you did. But so let's suppose that somebody owns $100,000 worth of Bell Canada stock. And they paid twenty five thousand dollars for it many years ago, and it's growing now to a hundred thousand. If they were to go to the stock market and sell that stock, <clears throat> they would have to pay roughly sixteen thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars in tax. Uh, so that would mean they'd have about eighty three thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars left over to give to the charity. Right. Well, had they just. And I actually saw this happen, where somebody came to their church treasurer and said, "I have this public stock to give," and they did exactly that. Then the treasurer said, "Well, we don't have any way to sell the stock, so you sell the stock and bring us the cash." So unfortunately, he did that, and and the, the example, the numbers I just gave you were were what happened. Had he known, and had the treasurer known that they could accept that stock and and have somebody sell it for them, like CNCF, where they we have a Brokerage agreement. Uh, that hundred thousand dollar stock would have just been transferred over in the ownership to the church. Now the church. Guess what? The same. We have the same scenario. The, the person paid twenty five thousand for it. It's worth now a hundred thousand. But he gifts the stock certificates to the church, and the church pays no tax because it's the a charity. Therefore, the church now gets the whole value. They sell the stock. They get the hundred thousand dollars. And the here's the best best part, the donor got a receipt for a hundred thousand, not eighty three thousand. Right. So it's way better off to give appreciated stock when you can. In fact, I like to say it this way: if you have a choice of writing a check on your bank account and and giving that to charity, or giving public stock, give the stock every time.
1: Yeah, because you get a bigger tax receipt, and yeah. The, uh, and the charity gets also also gets a bigger donation so you get to maximize your given using that strategy it's win-win yeah exactly it's a win-win so you touched on something before that i wanted to come back to so in an event a, a, a donor opens this account because they want to get this tax receipt but they're not quite sure what they want to give to yet um do you leave it up to the donor to, I guess, figure out what they want to give or are there times where you sort of guide the client through a process to help them think through, okay, what, what are you passionate about? And sort of maybe even suggest some charities that they could consider. Not, not that you are obviously pushing them that direction, but you could just, okay, have you considered one, two, three, four charities? Um, think about it, do your research on
0: it. Have you can come back to us. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, we are. Certainly we're allowed to do that. Have we ever done it? No, because as I said earlier, we haven't had any donor who's ever asked us that. The donors seem to be very clear on what they want to give to uh, when they join us. Um, That's one of the things I find about Christian donors is they already have their Christian charities that they've been supporting for years. Mm -hmm. And when they set up a donor advised fund, they just continue to support those same charities but through it
1: so for a lot of believers who um give to the local churches they pay their tithes or they do their giving to the local church every year um, and they give a sizable amount but in addition to giving to the local church they give to charities all around canada rather than um give an chase down all this multiple tax receipts, they can, in essence, really open a donor advice fund, still give to the local church. Um, most local churches are registered charities anyways, um, but if, in the event that the local church is a registered charity, still give to the local church and other charities that they, they've been given to, but just get this one tax receipt. So essentially what I'm saying is, any believer that goes to a local church, whose uh, church is a registered charity, in most cases they gather donations. Can't just use a donor advice one if they're given sums of fifty thousand or more because that's the minimum to open an account like this. Correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. And and again, I would say though, uh, if if they're just uh, giving to their church and they're writing monthly checks or or giving them stock on a monthly basis or on an annual basis, however, they might wanna do that. The foundation probably is not all that useful to them. It's usually when it's an an unusual receipt of money or value somewhere, whether I've got, uh, you know, I've sold my business, I sold a piece of real estate, I had an income property that I've sold because the crazy real estate rates that are going on right now. Uh, I, I thought it was a good time to sell uh, i got this big capital gain uh, i need to do something about it that's where i think a donor advised fund works really well right and also that you mentioned something earlier which we talked about is is privacy
1: so in the event where uh, there is the need to give this funds because of the time sensitivity but not quite sure where to give it yet um but later down the road decide this is the charity i want to give it to you but i really don't want them to know that i'm the one that gave this fund so one other especially in the in the case of a public foundation one of the other benefits is the privacy you can give anonymously and just be glad you gave and not have to worry about i guess the publicity that sometimes comes with large donations
0: yeah, I, uh, we're, here's a good example. We had a gentleman come to us and said he wants to pay off the mortgage on his church, but he didn't want anybody else at the church to know where it came from. So he was able to gift us the money, and I, I don't know the exact number. I think it was like 250000 or something in that range uh, that he was able to give to us. And then we wrote a check for the mortgage, paid off the mortgage on the church. And to this day, that church would have no idea where that came from. It just came from CNCF uh and that was it so yeah it it allows them to give uh with privacy uh, anonymously and so sometimes when we have somebody using a donor advised fund they will uh, give us instructions i want to give to these three charities but to this one charity i want to do it anonymously the other two you can let them know where it came from uh, so we do We're, it's it's up to them it's up to the donor how they want to do that
1: out of flexibility and also for those who give on an ongoing basis large sums of money uh using a donor advice fund is also a a, a a less inexpensive way of giving without having to set up your own private foundation because yeah
0: yeah that's a very good point i think uh some people think it's a great idea to set up a private foundation and they had no idea that oh yeah i gotta have a my own board i've got to do Audited statements. I got to answer to CRA for every dollar that I've given out of it, and prove to them that it was used in the way that I said it was. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of work and a lot of expense. And uh, now, in fairness, at CNCF, our fee is one percent. So ninety nine percent of what the donor puts in is theirs to give out to wherever they want, uh, plus the growth on that fund. But uh, we run the foundation on the 1%. So uh, that's a lot cheaper than trying to set up your own and pay for all those other expenses.
1: Thanks for listening to Part 1. Tune in next week for Part 2. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at TrueWealthPod. You can get in touch with us by sending an email to podcast at truewealthpodcast.ca or by visiting truewealthpodcast.ca.